Tokyo activity is, is another case where we see that macro seems to matter more than elections. If you, you see a drop in, in IPOs around the 2000 and 2008 elections, but again, those were around the 2001 and credit crisis recessions. So the recessions seem to matter more there than you know who is president. You're listening to IBKR Podcasts. Find more conversations at ibkrpodcasts.com. Please remember any trading discussions are for information purposes only and are not intended to portray recommendations. Please listen to further disclosures at the end of today's episode. Now, welcome to our show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to IBKR Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Praisman, and it's my pleasure to welcome back to the IBKR studio, Michael Normile, NASDAQ's U.S. economist. Welcome, Michael. How are you? Doing well. Thanks. Thanks for having me back. Oh, it's my pleasure. Today, I want to talk about... Uh, Something that's a little bit in the future, but, you know, as we all know, this is an election year. You know, I think it's safe to say that people understand that election results can impact the market, you know, especially certain, you know, industries historically do better depending on like which party wins. However, I'm kind of willing to guess that many listeners may not realize that elections can impact the markets much earlier than they may think. So I, I want to start off, you know, with this election, we, we have about three main candidates, right? We have President Biden, we have Nikki Haley, and former President Trump. As of now, there is an uncertainty who may be elected in November. How does this uncertainty historically affect market returns like pre-election? Right. Like you said, a lot of people might think because Election Day is still so far away that it might not impact markets that much right now. But that's not typically true. Uh, like you said, elections, they create a lot of uncertainty. And that's not generally good for markets. So research from Capital Group shows that going back to 1932, the S&P 500 tends to move sideways in election year through the primary season. So that's really up until the summertime. And after that, that's when we start to see markets move up you know, on average. And we also see increased volatility during election years. So some research from Bank of America recently shows that the VIX rises every month from July to November during election years seeing an increase of 25% during that period. Then by December, it drops 20% from, from November to December once we have the election results and that uncertainty has been cleared up. I'd like to go through you know, each of the three major candidates and the market implications of each one winning. So let's start with um, President Biden. I think the, as you kind of alluded to earlier, each candidate has different policy aims. So that means different asset classes or sectors will benefit from each candidate's potential presidency. And so that kind of gets back to the challenge that markets face in election years, because for example, under President Biden, green energy is expected to benefit. But if Trump wins, then some might think that green energy stocks won't do as well. So how are markets supposed to price green energy stocks currently? And so under President Biden, we're looking at you know, green energy could benefit, but sectors like pharma, oil and gas, financials, big tech, and treasuries could be hurt. And and what about for um, you know former President Trump? Right. So under President former President Trump, you might think that oil and gas, defense, maybe the VIX could benefit, while some more country-focused uh, you know sectors or assets like China, Taiwan, Mexico, Japan, and even multinationals could be hurt along with the dollar and treasuries. And as I mentioned earlier, green energy you know, might be worse off under a, a potential Trump uh, presidency. And finally, how about uh, Nikki Haley? Right. So under Nikki Haley, the some of the research that I've seen suggests that maybe the dollar and treasuries could benefit along with defense and pharma, along with oil and gas, while green energy, the VIX, China, all might be hurt. So really, it's all over the map, depending on you know who wins. You see a lot of conflicting uh, results like under one 
president, it's going to be you should be long one sector and under another, you should be short, short that same sector. So there really is not a not a lot of overlap at all, even between the two candidates in the same party. Yeah, you know, there's really sort of just depending who's winning or who wins, any given sector could either be have a positive or projected positive impact or projected negative impact. I mean, you know, as you already stated, you know, as we get you know, closer to election, the, the volatility tends to rise. But my question is, what if one candidate really begins to stand out? So that even it's like before November, but say one of the three candidates really starts building a sizable lead where does the market price that in? Like historically, does it sort of go against that trend and maybe drop or not raise as much? Yeah, I think the the part of the trouble is we haven't had a lot of landslides, landslide victories in the last few decades. And right now it, it looks like we're going to have another close race. Who knows? Like you're saying, it could develop as we get closer to the election where, you know, one uh, candidate really pulls ahead. But if we do look at a couple of the most recent landslides, we have uh, the Clinton versus Dole election in 1996, where President Clinton won by 8 million votes. And at that point, uh, we saw the VIX pick up from very low levels early that year, but then it kind of plateaued in the 15 to 20 range, so we didn't really see a big spike. And then going back to 84, Reagan won by almost 17 million votes. But of course, we don't have VIX data for then. So if you look at realized volatility, it was pretty much range bound at a pretty low level that year. So it does seem like it's really the uncertainty that contributes to higher volatility, which means we might be in for higher volatility this election cycle, given where things are now. But like you're saying, that could change. And if if we do have one kind of candidate really pull ahead, then maybe that that is a, a sign that we might see lower volatility. You know, you mentioned you know, historically, like leading up to the elections, the market sort of goes sideways a little bit. Historically, after the election, does it generally pick up? And, and we, we talked about different sectors and different industries benefiting or not benefiting from you know each party. How about, though, is there some historical data or something that you found in your research where a specific party winning has a specific result on the overall market, right? Like, obviously, we can break down pharma or, or green energy or oil and gas, but just the overall market market as a whole, does you know one party winning have a different result than the other? Right. So we do see a little bump for markets as a whole after the election. If you look at average returns three months post-election since 1960, the average gain is 3.3%. And on an annualized basis, that'd be good enough for a 14% gain, which is a, you know, a solid year for the market, right? Uh, but there's no real rhyme or reason to what results in a stronger gain. Like if you look at just re-elections or a switch from Democrat to Republican or vice versa, but we do see a pattern where macro events matter a lot. So if you look at the three-month returns for the first elections of presidents Reagan, George W. Bush, and Obama, the returns are all negative but they're also all around recessions. Then their re-elections all saw positive gains, but those also coincide with economic expansions. So naturally the market is likelier to fall during recessions and, and rise during expansions. Michael, I wanna switch gears a little bit and talk about IPOs during election year. Do they tend to slow down or increase or just stay the same? Yeah, IPO activity is, is another case where we see that macro seems to matter more than elections. If you you see a drop in, in IPOs around the 2000 and 2008 elections, but again, those were around the 2001 and credit crisis recessions. So the recessions seem to matter more there than you know who is president. And if you look at the current uh, election cycle under President Biden, IPO activity didn't fall off until Q1 2022. But that's also when the Fed pivoted to hiking rates, which again seems 
more important to IPOs than who who won the presidency. Okay, so it's really more that macro effect that affects them versus whether it's election year or the, or the presidency. What are some good ways to track IPOs for our listeners? This could be a whole nother podcast, Jeff, but <laughs> like I said, uh, Fed rates matter to IPO activity. So do other topics we dis- discussed today, returns and volatility. Valuations also matter since firms often want to IPO when public valuations are improving or they're better than private valuations. Uh, investor sentiment is another factor since optimistic investors help create a positive en- environment for IPOs too. Uh, and we actually just put together a leading index of IPOs, the NASDAQ IPO Pulse, uh, and that aggregates all those metrics uh, along with some NASDAQ proprietary data. The good news is it's up to a two-year high right now, so that suggests that we should see IPO activity kind of pick up over the next couple quarters or so. So that's where the those kind of that's the type of data that you want to look at for where IPO markets are headed, IPO activity. And uh, and right now we're seeing kind of a positive trend for IPOs. Nice, nice. So any other thoughts you want to leave us, you know, with the market on this election year? Yeah, I think we should be prepared for the normal impacts of elections on markets this year, namely higher volatility and lower returns. But with the macro environment in such a good spot and rate cuts expected this year, that might help mitigate some of those negative effects of elections. You know, Michael, this is great. I really think, you know, listening to this podcast and um, the information you just gave us, I think it'd be great to revisit this a little bit later in the year as we get maybe closer to elections, just to kind of take the pulse. So maybe maybe we kind of, you know, do a podcast on, the, you know, on this exact same subject, possibly like August or September, just as we get much closer. I think that would be great if you're up for that. Sounds good to me. Well, once again, I want to thank you for coming by and joining us at the IPKR podcast studio. For more from Michael Nasdaq, please go to our website under education and view previous Nasdaq webinars as well as our previous podcast with Michael. You know, thank you again for listening. Until next time, I'm Jeff Prazen with Interactive Brokers. Thanks for listening to IBKR Podcasts. As always, we have more episodes at ibkrpodcasts.com. And if you're interested in learning more about interactive brokers, visit ibkr.com. We offer more trading education material, such as webinars at ibkrwebinars.com, financial and economic commentary at tradersinsight.news, market-related courses at tradersacademy.online, and quant-related articles at ibkrquant.com. The analysis in this material is provided for information only and is not and should not be construed as an offer to sell or the solicitation of an offer to buy any security. To the extent that this material discusses general market activity, industry, or sector trends, or other broad-based economic or political conditions, it should not be construed as research or investment advice. To the extent that it includes references to specific securities, commodities, currencies, or other instruments, those references do not constitute a recommendation by IBKR to buy, sell, or hold such investments. The material does not and is not intended to take into account the particular financial conditions, investment objectives, or requirements of individual customers. Before acting on this material, you should consider whether it is suitable for your particular circumstances and is necessary seek professional advice. This podcast does not constitute investment advice and is for informational purposes only. It is not a recommendation to buy or sell any security. Any investment decision should be made after careful consideration of all available information. The information contained here may not be complete or accurate and may be subject to change.